0: We are officially halfway through twenty twenty. And I I I for one think there's nowhere to go but up. Because the first half of twenty like nobody, nobody. Saw this coming. I no, no, nobody. I saw a Facebook video of a guy the other day that said I had a dream. This. No, you didn't. No, you, you smoked crack. You you weren't having a dream. That nobody saw this coming. This 2020 has been what I call the year of fear. Can we agree on that? That it's been the year of fear because um, January and February it was like okay, but then March this this thing happened. That that none of us really took. By the way, that's the scariest image they could have. They could have, this, the corona, the corona craziness, or COVID. 19 I don't even know what to call it. Is it corona? Is it COVID nineteen? Uh, and the reason some people are calling it COVID nineteen is you, could put on, you put on nineteen pounds during the quarantine, and I understand because I'm I've been craving some Oreos myself. But when I first heard about this, I didn't take it seriously because. You know, I remember H one N one. I remember swine flu. I remember SARS, and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be one of those." Then the next thing I know, everything's getting locked down. And all you parents that have been thinking about um, homeschooling your kids, man, thoughts changed on that real quick, didn't it? You're just coming up with stuff. and You're like, "Okay, kids, come in here. We're going to watch The Tiger King as biology." Um, and that's why it went to number one on Netflix. And and it, it was it's been crazy. But then but then. It's not just enough to have coronavirus. No, we've had other crazy things. Like I remember hearing this news article: murder hornets in the U.S. The rush to stop the 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 Asian giant hornets. Now I went on to read this article. And this is terrifying. First of all, it said they're ripping the heads off of honeybees by the thousands. Which I'm like, oh my, who who literally follows this? And 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 by the way for they said beekeeper suits, because, you know, all of us have one of those. But beekeeper suits are ineffective against the murder hornets. Okay? So so we got that going on. And then just, just a couple weeks ago, many of you remember this, we had an Asian, or not an Asian, but a Saharan dust cloud come up. You remember this? It, it was It was actually kind of wicked looking. And I was kind of scratching my head going, has this ever happened before? Oh, it's happened before. But the the news media just thought, hey, Americans have nothing really to be scared of. Let's freak them out a little bit more. So it was a dust storm, right? It was a dust storm left over. But they creatively named it Godzilla because that doesn't scare anybody at all. There's a dust storm called Godzilla coming our way, and that just created more fear. All of us created more fear. And then finally, we know it hit rock bottom when Alfalfa got arrested just last week for huffing a duster. I went on to read. I didn't know you did this. I'm going to have to ask Philip to find out what that is because I have no idea. But all of us can agree, all of us can agree that 2020 so far has been the year of fear. And I'm talking about fear on a macro level. I'm not talking about the fear that you and I deal with. Like the fear of am I going to be able to pay rent this month? The fear of, am I going to be able to go to to college? The fear of, is my relationship or is my marriage going to make it? The fear of, how, am I going to lose my my job? Like the individual, am am I, going to get, am I ever going to get past this feeling of anxiety or worry? And the, like the macro fear, and the and the, my, the macro and the micro. That's where I was trying to go. The macro and the micro. So with all that in mind. Today, I want to share just one verse. And normally I love to take a passage and and go through it and, and dig out the things in the story, but I'm going to share this one verse. And when I'm sharing this verse, I want you to keep in mind that this verse is found in the book of Isaiah. And originally, when this verse was written, it was written to a group of people that were consumed with fear. It was written to the Israelites, and the Babylonians had invaded, they were being taken into captivity. And so that, that was, there was so much fear, there was so much uncertainty in their, their life, they didn't know what to do, and, and, and by the way, they weren't good people, but they were God's people. Did, did you know you don't have to be a good person to be a God person? Because if you got to be good to be a none of, different message, different time, all of us are screwed if that's the, that, but, but this, is what, this is what God says. Through the prophet Isaiah to a group of people that were living with macro and micro fear. This is what, and this is this is one of those verses that I personally come back to over and over and over again on a consistent basis. This is what God says to them, and I believe this is what God says to us. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, on the surface, as I read that verse, there's probably nobody that just went, oh, everything's better. It's just a verse. A verse just makes it better. Have you ever had that person that just throws a verse at you and the verse is just supposed to make it better? And sometimes the verse makes it worse. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I have. I'm like, thank you. I wasn't freaked out until you quoted the Bible verse, and now I'm freaked out. But this verse really is meant to give us some encouragement. And I thought the best thing for us to do, because, you know, this is the the day after 4th of July and everybody's expecting the sermon on Merca. Um, and, and I think the best thing to do for people is, is to really talk about how, how to not live in fear in the year of fear. So let's let's just break it down. Let's look, let's look at what God said to them, and I believe God's saying to us today. The very first part of the verse says, don't be afraid. Now, on the surface, that doesn't work. Can we all just admit that? Like, if you've ever been freaking out and somebody comes up to you and goes, stop freaking out, does that work? No, it causes you to freak out more. In fact, fact, you want to go out, don't tell me, I don't have to freak out. I freak out when I want to freak out. I'm an adult. And we always have to tell people we're adults when we're doing childlike things. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. That's where I drift to. But don't be afraid. So somebody's scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is like telling people, like, lean in. This is like me telling you. Don't think about a pink elephant. Don't. Don't stop it. Stop thinking about a pink elephant. Are you thinking about a pink elephant? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> don't think. Listen, don't think <laughs> about a pink elephant. Don't don't think. Don't don't think about a pink elephant. Just just really quick, how many thinking about a pink elephant? But I'm telling you not to. Could it be, could it be that what we see and what we hear has a lot to do with what we fear? Just a little side note, and this is not me being mean. This is just me trying to practice common sense. And this is maybe if we spent a little less time watching the news, and a little more time in the presence of God, however you choose to do that, our fear and anxiety would decrease. the The people I know that are freak, the most freaked out are the people that watch the news all day. Their job is to freak you out. So, so for me, for, for me, this right here though it frustrated me because because when I read this, this is like God saying, "Don't be afraid." And so I always viewed this as a command, like, "Don't be afraid," and. I felt bad because I was the guy that if you told me not to be afraid, I was always afraid. But then, and I shared this a few weeks ago as far as perspective, and my perspective shifted on something. Well, it shifted on this as well because I stopped looking at this as I was preparing this message over the past several weeks. I stopped looking this at this as a command and more like an invitation. I looked at it as our Heavenly Father saying, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to. This is an invitation to stop allowing worry and anxiety to dominate our life. By the way, what we see and what we hear have a lot to do with what we fear. And God's inviting us in to a place where we don't have to live this way. We don't have to live in fear. Now, if that's all he said, I mean, that's good. But he follows it up with a qualifying statement. Why should we not fear? For I am with you. Now, that's awesome. In some cases, others of us, if you grew up in church, if you grew up in church, God being with you is one of the scariest things in the world. Because he's walking around. you got clipboard Jesus following you with a clipboard, and he's just waiting on you to mess up, and he's going to write it down. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that. We we are convinced. It's kind of like the old charismatic preacher that got up, and he was just going off on his people. It's like, today... Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to preach about the D-E-V-I-L. What does D-E-V-I-L spell? Devil. devil. That's right. The devil is out there. He's after you. He's going to get you on the television and on the music and on the cigarettes and on the, on, the, on the alcohol. It's the devil. And you know what the devil will do to you? He'll make you E-V-I-L. What does E-V-I-L spell? That's right. The devil is evil, and some of y'all are evil. You're evil in this church. Evil up in here. You know what being evil will do? Being evil will make you V-I-L, and that spells vile because there's some vile people up in this place. What you've been looking at on the internets and what you've been shopping for at Walmart, you're just a vile. And the other thing that that the devil will do to you, he won't make you just vile. He'll make you ill. He'll make you ill, cause sin makes you sick, ladies and gentlemen. And and last but not least, if you take the eye off of it, you got what do you have left? And that's where you're going if you don't accept Jesus. <laughs> we could close in prayer now, couldn't we? Uh, sh- this is it's so hot in here. <laughs> he said, he said don't, don't be afraid. He said, for I am with you. Now, this is good news for me because when, and this isn't a tough question. This isn't a trick question. This is the easy question. When do we have a record, or, or should I better say this, who was God in the flesh with us here on earth? What was his name? Jesus, right. The answer in church is always Jesus. Jesus was with us. And so when he says, don't be afraid, why? Because I'm with you. Well, if I've got, got Jesus with me, then things are going to be good, right? Because as we just look at some of the stuff he did, like in John chapter 2, he turned water into wine. That's, that's a supernatural milk. Right? He took water, water, which is something very common and very ordinary, and he turned it into something strong and supernatural. He took something ordinary and turned it into something strong and supernatural. So if he could do it with water, then he can do it with men and women as well. He can take us from ordinary to strong and supernatural. If he did it then, he can do it again, and he said, I'll be with you. Jesus, in John chapter 6, he fed 5,000 men, maybe up to fifteen to 20,000 people by the time we throw the women and children in, with five loaves and two fish. How did that miracle start out? The miracle started out with a problem. They came to Jesus, and Jesus said, let's feed these people. And the and, and, and miracle started out with, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. And that's the way some people feel during the season. I don't have enough strength to make it through. I don't have enough hope to make it through. I don't have enough joy to get out of bed in the morning. And Jesus goes, you know what, that's fine. Just give me what you got, and I'll multiply it, and I'll make it Enough, and Jesus did. He fed five thousand men with a happy meal from McDonald's. All right, so so whatever we have, and we put it in His hands, He's going to make it enough. Jesus said He would be with us in John chapter eleven. He goes to a funeral, except the problem is the funeral's already happened, and Lazarus is in the tomb and he's dead. And Jesus calls death back to life. And what that shows me is anything that's inside that's died inside of us, hope has died inside of us. Peace has died inside of us. Joy has died inside of us. Jesus can call death back to life. We always say it around here. If we're not dead, God's not done. And he said, don't be afraid, not, not because of any other reason than I am with you. That's a good promise right there. But he goes on. He doesn't he didn't just leave it there. He says this. He says, don't be discouraged. Now, there's not a person on the planet that doesn't deal with discouragement. <laughs> I was thinking about, I was in college, and and dating, for me was about as effective as my baseball game. I was batting zero. Like I just wasn't. It just wasn't happening. And I remember, I never we'll forget this. Um, and I've shared this before, but it fits the story so well. I, I wanted to ask this girl out, and she was, she was hot. Like, she, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, she's like 12. She was, she was hot. And so I wasn't going to ask her because the way we used to do it back in the day, we still do it this way now, but we do it on social media, um, is I, you would talk to a friend that knew her friend that would talk to her that got back to her. And so you kind of work the cycle because you want to make sure you didn't just get shot down. So I worked the cycle, and the word was that this girl would go out with me. So I never forget, we were in an event one night. I was on one side of the room. She was on the other side of the room, and I started walking towards her, and I don't forget, we locked eyes, she turned around and ran out of the room, ran, ran. I was so discouraged. Side note, I saw her about five years ago, thank God she ran. I, that's all I got to say, that's, I, that, I didn't call her name, so I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. I'm just, whoo, praise God she ran. Anyway. But all of us deal with that when it comes to discouragement. Like you thought you were going to get into college and you didn't get in. You thought you were going to get the job. You thought you were going to get the raise. You thought this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And there's not a person on the planet over the past six months that hasn't dealt with discouragement in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So so God comes along and goes, don't be discouraged. Once again, it's an invitation. Hey, you don't have to live in discouragement. Well, why? Why? He follows it up and tells us why. He said, you don't need to be discouraged, for I am your God. Now, that's, on the surface, that that seems good, but it gets really good. Because if we fail to recognize this, like this happened to me the other day. From time to time, I will make a driving error. It's not often. (laughs) And at least I'm not driving around. In a car, by myself, windows rolled up with a mask on. I still don't understand that, right? If you want to wear your mask, but you're by yourself. Are you going to give yourself? Anyway, so, sorry, side note, I'm sure. Listen, I don't have time for your mask comment. You're in the car by yourself. By yourself. Knock it off. (laughs) So I was in my truck, and I was at a red light, and it had one of those little green turn the turn signal where the people beside you, they could turn left. But sometimes you kind of, you're not paying attention. And so the car next to me went. And so I may or may not have been on my phone. I will not say. I was like, oh, the car next to me went moving at the red light. And so I, so I kind of went into the intersection. And a car, I almost got hit. And it was, it was totally my fault. It was totally my fault. And, you know, I kind of did the. Have you ever done the I'm sorry wave? And then you look down, don't make eye contact, and just keep going. That's what I did. I just kept going. You ran a red light? Yeah, I did. But, but it's all because I didn't recognize the signs right in front of me. Sometimes we lose sight of who God is. When he's given us so many signs that he's with us, and he says the reason you don't need to be discouraged is because I am your God. So In other words, I put the ocean in place. Like, I, I formed the ocean and told the ocean where it had to stop. I am I am that God. I'm, I'm the God that created the mountains. Like, I just spoke the mountains into existence, and they formed, and, and I'm that God, the God that created these mountains. He said, I'm with you. The, the God that made the sunrise and the sunset, and every time we see it, it's painted a different color. And it's always orange and purple, which proves that God loves Clemson. All right? I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, just, just there. There. I said it. feel good about it. But God made, this is the God that's, that painted that picture. The, let, me, let me just pause for a minute. Do you see the details in this? You think God's into the details? If God's into the details of a sunset, how much more so is God into the details of his children? God, God who, who put the earth and suspended it. None of us woke up this morning going, God, I hope the earth doesn't fall. I hope the earth doesn't fall today. I hope the earth rotates around. We're the perfect distance from the sun. Any closer, we burn. Any further away, we freeze. God, who created the world. Who put the world into existence? He said, I am with you. Don't be discouraged. If I, God's going, if I can handle that, I can handle your situation. The God who said, who spoke the stars into existence and and knows each one of them by name, God knows every single star by name. I forget my own child's name sometimes. And God said, I know every one of those stars by name. I am God. I can do anything. God, who turned macaroni and cheese into a vegetable. That's a great God right there. For those of you that are not from the South, yes, in the South, mac and cheese is a vegetable. Praise the Lord. Then he says this. Then he says this. He says, I will strengthen you. There there are three promises at the end of this verse. The first one is I will strengthen you. Now, I don't know about you but but there there's some thing, there, there are things that people say that get on my nerves. I'm sure there's just sayings. And like for me this is the one I hate. Well, it is what it is. I hate that. Cuz what you basically just communicated is I don't care about anything you just said. It is what it is. It is what it is. Here's the other one. Here's another one I can't stand. And this one's tall. I heard that I heard this again this week. It drives me crazy every time I hear it. I'm going to say this statement and don't say amen cuz it's not true and it drives me up the freaking wall. This is it. You ready? God'll never put more on you than you can handle. You ever heard that? I heard, I was just in a mood one day. You ever been just in a mood? Every once in a while, you just get in the mood, and this, this guy was like, "He's like, well, you know what? My grandma told me that the Bible says God will never put more on you than you can handle." I said, "Well, your grandma didn't know the Bible. Don't you talk about my grandma?" I said, "Talk about talk about the Bible. The the Bible doesn't say that." Now, let me little side note: where people get that from is First Corinthians ten thirteen, which says God will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But why would say why would God tell us He will strengthen us if we didn't need His strength? So what that does is when we tell people, you know, the Bible says God will never put more on you can handle, is it makes people feel bad because they're like, I can't handle this. What do you do with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26 where he says, Jesus, Jesus is God. Father, I am overwhelmed to the point of sorrow and death. So for those here watching the message that you're in the middle of a situation and you don't have the strength to make it through, you're a little freaked out about the situation in front of you. God says, I, I will strengthen you. In other words, is that more than you can handle? Yes. Yeah. God allows that to happen so we'll learn to constantly rely on his strength rather than trying to make it through on ours. Yeah. Hey, then, then he said this. He said, he said, I will help you. You ever need to help? Yeah. Because let me be honest. On most days, on most days, I feel like this. <laughs> Just a jackass weighted down by the weight of the world, right? Now, that, that obviously has a problem. But let's say we walked up to him and, and he responded to us the way we respond to other people. Hey, man, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You are uh, Anything going on in your life? No, I'm. I'm. This is normal for me. <laughs> need some. Need some help with that? No, no, no. I'm good. It's, I'm just kind of relaxing right now. We'll get around to this in just a little while. I'm gonna unpack it. You know, I'd be. I'd be glad to kind of take some of that away. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good, man. I want to put you out. i this, 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 this. is. I, I relax. Like this is how I relax. Thank you very much. We would call that. We would call that donkey stupid. But isn't that how we live sometimes? There's not one person watching today that doesn't need help, listen, from God and others. This is our opportunity. If if, if we're freaked out, if we're afraid, if we're discouraged, God says, I will strengthen you. And then God said, I will help you. He helps us supernaturally through the Holy Spirit and, and, and he helps us through other people. we got to have both. God and people. God and people. He said, I will help you. He'll help us supernaturally and he'll help us by putting the right people in our path. People that will listen and understand with compassion and not condemnation. And then he said this. Then he said, I will strengthen you, or I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, I'm going to have to go old school, and for those of you that can't track with this, you're going to have to just believe me. But years and years ago, once upon a time when dinosaurs roamed the earth and we didn't have smartphones, people actually carried pictures in their wallet. And if you had a baby, you had a picture of that baby in your wallet even if your baby was ugly let me pause I'll have people go there are no ugly babies no there there are I have seen ugly babies in my life swear to God it's like somebody comes up and says hey have you seen these you're like oh and um so I just I've seen some ugly babies nobody watching today it's your baby's ugly we're just talking about a friend who has an ugly baby but you used to—you remember when when people used to come up and they used to show you the picture of the baby? You know, hey, look at this! Hey, look at this. so proud, so proud! Hey, look at this! Hey, look at this! Hey, look at this! Today we don't do it on with, with our wallets. I mean, we, we do it with our smartphones. Hey, look at this and look at this and this is this is my baby when he woke up at eight o'clock and this is him at nine o'clock and this is him at ten o'clock. But we 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 show these off because we're so proud of our children. We're so we're so proud. But when it comes to Christianity. So many of us have been taught to believe that God doesn't want to hold us up. He wants to push us down. Oh, you got too much joy. You're having too much fun. You you got too much peace in your life. Got to screw it up a little bit. No, no, no. God's not trying to hold us down. Religion tries to hold you down. Religion tries to hold you back. But God says, I want to strengthen you. I want to help you. And I want to hold you up with my victorious right hand. I don't want to push you down. There are so many people watching today that the reason maybe you haven't surrendered your life to Christ is because you're absolutely convinced that a life with Christ means a life with less. And it doesn't. A life with Christ equal, e- equals a life with more. Because he wants to hold you up with his victorious right hand. So I thought today one of the best things that we could do as a church is learn a prayer together. And there's nothing magical about this prayer. This but 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 it's just a prayer for me that I've written down and continually said uh, every day for the past week or two. And slowly but surely, it's helping me connect back to this verse and it's helping me listen, I if anybody's ever walked in fear, insecurity, Doubt, discouragement, it's been me. So I've just had to learn to pray this prayer, and it's just something I wrote down for myself. Jesus, today, help me to trust you and surrender to your plans. Strengthen me, help me, and remind me I'm in your hands. Let's let's just take a, a second. And I don't I don't know where you are, but if you're at a place where you can. I just want want you to read this out loud with me. I I want us to say it out loud. There's something about not just thinking something, but speaking it out loud that it really is powerful when we hear our own voice declaring something. So what if if we did that? What if we just did that? Let's read it together. Here we go. Jesus, today, help me to trust you and surrender to your plans. Strengthen me, help me, and remind me I'm in your hands. Father, I want to pray right now for the person that's struggling with discouragement, doubt, disbelief, for the person who feels weighed down by the worries of this world. Jesus, that we would know that you are the one who makes the darkness tremble. Jesus, we would know that you are the one who silences fear. Jesus, that we would know you are with us, you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, and you have us in the palm of your hand. If you're watching right now and you've never prayed to receive Christ to come into your life, you never asked Jesus to come in and be your Lord and Savior, then I want to invite you right now, right now, wherever you are, to ask Jesus to come into your life. Right now, wherever you're sitting, you can. I want to lead you in a prayer where you can come come to God or either come back to God and say, today, today is the day I'm going to live my life for Jesus. If that's you right now, no matter where you are, I just want you to pray, Jesus Christ, right now, I give my life to you. I confess I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed to receive Christ, would you do me a favor if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube or you're watching a church online or whatever, if you'll just hit the hand raise emoji or you'll give us a hand raise emoji so we can know and celebrate with you, we would love to be able to celebrate that decision with you because you just stepped out of an old life into it. You just stepped over, from, crossed over from death to life. And I'm celebrating that with you. And we want to celebrate that as a church. This has been such a fun series to dive into. I've had so much fun. I hope you have. And I hope you're back next week as we start the Chronicles of Joe. I hope Joe, I almost said Job. but that'll be a whole different series. The Chronicles of Joe as we talk about Joseph. I hope you have a phenomenal week, and I hope to see you back here next Sunday. And as we like to say always around here, the best is yet to come. God bless. Love you guys.